It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. A little Eagles Giants coming up this week. E, buddy, how are you, man? I got a I got a confession right off the top. Oh goodness! Start, start I don't know if this confession. is good or bad. I'm nervous. Well, so I'll be look. This is an example where I wish that we could interact live with the Go Birds listeners, like we can on our radio show every Saturday from one to three. Call us two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Exactly this Saturday. And I wish I could get some live response to this, but I feel like people will be sympathizing with me. I just feel out of it recently when it comes to this Eagles team. Like I feel I'm having trouble like connecting to what's going on. Like I don't know if there's so much else going on in the world, but I feel like every time, and granted it's my job, so I have to sit down and think (laughs) about it. (laughs) But I would imagine, I would just be interested to know Eagles fans in general, like it's been a really long year. A lot's happened this year. Lots of it bad. But I feel like up until now, I've been able to kind of use the Eagles as like an escape to like focus on something. Because let's be honest, it's fun, right? It's a sport. It's a sport we love, right? But I feel like recently it's been a little harder to connect. I don't know if it's just because of the bye week. Maybe that's it. And obviously the election was last week. But I don't know. I just have felt a little uh, a little out of it when it comes to this team. Yeah, I, I personally, I've, I've been similarly like that. I think as much as anything you mentioned it, I think it's a combination of the fact that it was the bye week and the election the same week. I mean, I don't know about you, Elliot, but I've had trouble just thinking about anything else other than the election since it happened yes. and everything surrounding yes. it and all the craziness that is happening. Never before I've been in our country type stuff that is happening right now. Um, I'm with you. It has been a little harder for me than normal to to lock in comparatively just because, you know, look, again, like you said, we love sports. Sports are a thing. It's an escape and stuff. But obviously we know and we've talked about on this pod. There are things that are sometimes 
more important than sports and it feels like a lot of the more important than sports stuff has been happening the last week plus and I think you add that in with the fact that there's no game a bye week a week off kind of you know gets out of your consciousness in the same way at least for a few days I think that's what it is and I think that once we play on Sunday once it's one o'clock on Sunday and the Eagles or Giants are going after each other I honestly do think it will it will bring you back in but I, I look I get it I feel you I think there are a lot of people the last week or so that have you know, two weeks that have kind of been focusing on other things, buddy. But you know what always brings me back in? Just always pulls me back in? A good Nick Foles Carson. Oh, so, we know, buddy. You know, know, you sit there for a week and a half and you're like, how can I get engaged? Like, you know, I'm, I'm like struggling. I'm literally struggling with what to write about. Like I sit down on my laptop and I'm like, what do I write about with this team? And then our old buddy, Brett Favre, you know, I think, <laughs> I think we didn't give the topic enough respect on the last pod. Like, it's crazy to think that for the Tuesday pod, where there was nothing really going on, we just kind of recorded because we wanted to. But for the Tuesday pod, we were like, oh, I guess we'll bring it up. And then this morning, it was the front page major story on the uh, Inquirer. So things have changed a little bit in regards to the uh, the Brett Favre uh, drama. Yeah, some new new things added to it, some Doug Peterson answers. Let's dive into it because I agree with you. Look, when we talked about it before, my basic take was just fuck off Brett Favre that was really my main and I still stand by that part of it I still stand by that just go away no one really cares what you have to think but apparently look it has turned into a thing let's dive into it because and for those who maybe didn't listen to the last pod have been paying attention to other things who don't know Brett Favre is asked on ESPN uh, and came out and said that he would have kept Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz back when that was the decision Eagles had to make and obviously, you had mentioned the, the conspiracy theory last last time we talked about the fact that, you know, look, Brett Favre and Doug Peterson are very, very close friends and that maybe that, you know, something Doug had said to him or, or Doug's feelings and he's kind of speaking up for his buddy. Um, so the next part of the story, as you know, most people know now, is Doug Peterson gets asked about it and he gets asked about it once and he says, uh, you know, Doug, Brett's entitled to his opinion. That's it. He gets asked about it again because Les Bowen is like, eh, Doug, I don't think you're really understanding what we're asking yeah. here. Like, don't, I don't think you're understanding the implications of what we're asking here. And Doug doubles down. Brett's entitled to his opinion. I'm done with this. And then Rob Motti literally has to spoon feed Doug the answer, basically saying, hey, Doug, before this burns down the building because people are talking about it, locally, nationally, all this stuff. Do you want to at least say that you would take Carson Wentz over Nick Foles? Because that's what is being implied here. And finally, Doug, even after saying to, to the question, well, you talk about Nick and, and Carson? Like, just seemingly no idea what's happening in that room and ultimately does finally give the answer that he should have given from the jump. What was your take on this whole Doug Peterson of it all? Mm-hmm. So watching it live, you know, like being on the Zoom call... I thought the first response, first of all, even though I think it was definitely a fair question to ask, I was a little surprised it was asked just because I thought that, you know, it it's not really relevant to the team like it is, but I was just a little surprised it was asked. And then when it was, I thought Doug's initial answer was kind of like, don't want to talk about it. Let's just move on. Like, I didn't think his answer was some type of veiled shot at Carson. I just thought his his like go to response on that was going to be whatever I can say to get this answer over with and move on. So the first time I was like, well, that's kind of like my takeaway. Then when he was asked about it again and he gave the same answer, <laughs> and I think his last statement was something like, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. 
at that point, I think people started to be like, whoa, like, why are you not just saying something nice about Carson here? And I still think that his motive was to like, just move on. Like, I think that was his motive. And then the third time, obviously he comes out and he says all the things that you want him to say. So I think you can look at it a few ways. I think Doug, when it comes to press conferences and things he does not want to talk about, and you can really see this with other people as well, like Jim Schwartz and stuff like that and players. I think that the Eagles strategy when they don't want to talk about something is just to give the shortest bland answer they can and just move on. The problem is in this example, it was not the time to do that. I think at this point you had to come out and say something like, you know, Brett's my friend. He's entitled to his opinion. I'm really happy with Carson as our quarterback. And I really think we're going to win a lot of games with him. Just like something like that. Super to, like, easy. Just, just right. it's, then, hey, Brett's, no you can even say right. Brett's entitled to his opinion. I don't agree with it. Carson's our guy. It's over. I get to it. Yes. Boom. So Marcus Hayes wrote an article this morning for the Inquirer, and in it, interestingly enough, he said, according to two Eagles sources, Doug went into that press conference knowing he had to defuse a controversy, but what he was defusing was the idea that him and Brett had problems, not the idea that he wasn't into Carson. Well, well that's that's actually really it- fascinating because. I mean, who the hell thought they had problems? And John Ritchie on the air today on WIP said that his takeaway was it felt like Doug Peterson was more concerned about protecting Brett Favre than protecting Carson Wentz. So first of all, like, what the hell type of read on the situation is that? (laughs) It's a crazy read. Crazy. Right? Like, like, who cares, number one? And, like, so there's that. But, you know, I get it a little. Like, Brett's obviously his really good friend. He doesn't want to come out. But also, if he's a really good friend, can't you come out and like jokingly take a shot at him and move on? Of like, course. if he's actually a really good friend, can't you come out and be like, oh man, well, I think Brett's been away from the game a little too long. Haha. <laughs> you know, like something like that, right? But <clears throat> anyway, I don't, so I didn't really get that strategy, but I think that's what he was trying to do. But the larger picture is I think the Eagles as a whole, like, can't comprehend the idea that people think they're not committed to Carson. Because if Doug really went into that thinking that was not the main point he had to get across, then they are just completely naive to the discussion being had outside the Novacare. That or they just don't want to accept it. And honestly, it ties into the drafting of Jalen Hurts. Like when they drafted Jalen Hurts, how he came out and said, like, I don't think anybody's going to take this as a shot at Carson, <laughs> even though the entire <laughs> national football like media took it as a shot at Carson, right? So they just can't comprehend the fact that we would think they're not committed to Carson. And I think that's what you saw a little bit in Doug. I don't believe Doug meant to take a shot at Carson. I don't think you can read into those answers and say he doesn't like Carson. Now, we can have a discussion whether he likes Carson or not, but I don't think you can use those specific examples to say that he didn't. I would agree with that. I, I think you're. I think it's a separate discussion. Do Doug and Carson like each other? I Look, I, if I had to guess, I would guess that they don't get along great just based on the way everything has gone this year and, and the answers one will give and the answers other give and all that. But I agree, this specific answer to this specific question, I agree you can't. But at the same time, like, I don't think that we can, regardless of what he was going into it with, like, I don't think we can completely absolve Doug of how unbelievably stupid this was. Like, again, yes. this was a... a uh, a softball answer like you should know and and maybe it's the 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 PR staff I mean look maybe they didn't get Doug ready for this well enough and we have seen 
many instances of Doug saying stupid things in press conferences that we all would have thought going in he would be prepared and ready not to say those things or know what to say instead mm-hmm. of those things. So this is a, a, a theme. Obviously, we've seen with Doug, we have talked far too many times about Doug in these press conferences saying the wrong thing. Um, so you know, you know it would be funny. Like we talk a lot about how Carson might not be listening to coaching. It would be funny if Doug was not listening uh, to what the be, people were right? telling him. It would say. be that actually would be yeah. the definition <laughs> of irony right there. Well, and then also, so Carson gets up then, and you know, it's his press conference, and the last question is to him, and it says, and you know, the question's essentially, did you see what Brett Favre said? Like, what'd you think of it? And Carson goes, Oh, I don't know what he said. Do you want to tell me? Or something like that. And I'm like, First of all, how could you possibly not know? Like, there's no way you don't know this. Like, you would have to be living, not in a bubble, you would have to be living in, like, a level of protection of people being afraid to tell you things that, like, is crazy. Because your head coach was just asked about it. It's all anybody's talking about. I just can't believe he didn't actually know about it. But, you know, then there was some debate on Twitter about whether or not the question should even be asked of Carson. And... I think it definitely should have. Like, Doug was asked about it three times. Everybody's talking about it. I think you give Carson the chance to respond to it. Yeah, and also, enough with this treating these guys like they're, they're children or, or like they're right. these, like, so- soft things that are going to break if we ask them questions. I mean, I, I am sorry. I saw that, too, and it, it drives me crazy. I mean, this is reporters' jobs. Like, that is their job, to go down there and ask questions about what is happening with the team. And, look, I get that it can sometimes be awkward. I get that sometimes... It's not productive for the Eagles, but that's not the reporter's job. Like, their job is not to go down there and support the Philadelphia Eagles in any way they can. Like, sorry, that's not what they're hired to do. Their job is to go down there and and ask compelling questions, write compelling stories, produce compelling content. That's their job. And I I totally agree with you. Look, I mean, it's certainly, like, anyone who's saying it shouldn't have been asked to Doug is crazy. I mean, that is it absolutely has to be asked to Doug. I, I mm. went in that press conference assuming they would ask that question, and thus it made Doug's answer that much more infuriating for me because he was not prepared for the question, whether it was because he didn't listen well, or because they didn't prepare. But it sounds like he was prepared. He was just prepared for the wrong angle. Yeah, sorry. I mean, they, according they, to Marcus Hayes, Sure, right? like, sure, sure. I, I, yeah. It's hard to believe that. It's hard to believe that Doug went into it thinking, I got to protect Brett Favre. Like, I don't it, know. Well, good. I mean, you know I, what? If he did, then Doug's an idiot. Like, that is, that is, well, that concerns me about Doug Peterson, the, the, the person. If he went into this press conference thinking at any point, knowing, again, he's been the head coach of the Eagles for five years now. Like, how do you yeah. not know? How do you not know you've been in this city forever, Doug? Like, you have to know. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not an excuse to me is my point. Like, you have to know better. It, and especially when it comes to arguably the biggest story that has happened to this team since Doug got here. Like, so now now we can move a little bit into the Nick Foles thing. And I don't want to have the Foles versus Wentz debate, but I think at this point, it's not even talking about the actual content of the debate. The debate is taking on a life of its own. And like, you have to know that when he talked, Brett Favre talks about Foles and Carson Wentz, that that is going to become a story and that you're going to have to give a very good answer yep, to that. 100%. Like you're going to have to be prepared for it. And, and here's the other thing I would say. Whenever Nick Foles and Carson Wentz come up, people get very sensitive about it, right? They don't want to talk about it. They don't understand why it's being discussed. They throw out the whole like, oh, this is just sports radio, right? All that stuff. Here's the deal. That debate is not going away whether you like it or not until Carson Wentz and the Eagles win consistently. Not like win two or three games in a row, not, you know, beat the Giants on Sunday. Fair or not, it is not going away until Carson Wentz like wins in the playoffs or 
I don't think it'll take a Super Bowl win, but like has a sustained level of success. Like, yes, Nick Foles did not do it here for five years in a row, but we can say whatever we want. Nick Foles, for recent memory, when he was here, won when he was a quarterback of the Eagles. And that's why it's a debate. Like, that's the discussion, right? So whether or not you want to have the discussion is a different thing. But I think we all just need to accept because of how unique it is, what a big deal it was. It is not going away until Carson Wentz and the wins as the Eagles quarterback for a prolonged period of time. Like it's, it's just not. Yeah. I, I, of course it's not. And I agree with you. And I look, I'm one of those people who's certainly tired of debating that specific debate. You and I have gone back on back and forth on it for a couple of years of now. Like, so, but, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that I can shy away from it when it gets, gets brought up. And like you said, the idea that Brett Favre, who is not only a all of fame quarterback and all time quarterback, who is best, one of the best friends of the head coach, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Also the idol of the quarterback yeah. of the Philadelphia Eagles. If you don't think that him saying that specific thing is or should be a story, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I mean, that is a story. Well, that is what it and, is. And the other thing is we can debate Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz, and I can understand, like, I completely understand slash, you know, somewhat agree with the idea that keeping Carson Wentz was the right decision. But what I can't get behind is the idea that it was not even a debate. Like, that's where I would disagree with people, is this idea that, like, Nick Foles, like, I don't know. So I think that's where it gets tense, too, because people don't like to talk about it because they'll go like, oh, it's not even it's not even a question. And to me, it, it was a question like it was if they have kept would have kept Nick Foles. I think that the honestly, the team's success would have been at worst the same that it's been. They haven't won a single playoff game. But regardless, like the debate's not going away. And, you know, we didn't. We didn't like manufacture this topic. This is not something that we were like, oh, let's talk about Nick Foles on a Thursday before a game. Like this came up on its own. And honestly, it's going to keep coming up. Like it was talked about today on all the national shows. Like people are going to come out and talk about it because it's compelling. It's interesting. And there's truth to it. And that's why it's going to continue to come up until Carson puts this behind him. I thought he started to put it behind him at the end of 2019 when he took that team on the run. Uh, but then, you know, they didn't win the playoff game. And then when you come out and you play – really, really poorly this year. And yes, Nick Foles is playing poorly too. But when you come out and you play really, really poorly, it just opens the debate up and it gives it gives people a chance to talk about it. And Brett Favre is, you know, Brett Favre's opinion was what it was. And now here we are. Yeah, look, and and look, I feel bad for Carson Wentz in this specific instance. I, I mean, feel bad yeah, for Yeah, I mean, too. this sucks. Like, again, back to the point, like, this is your this is your idol as a kid. Like, this is the guy you want to be, the guy you want to play like. And 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 then he comes out and says, well, they should have kept the other guy. Like, I get it. I feel for Carson Wentz, and especially when you know that him and Doug are tight. Like, I, I think it's an awkward, uncomfortable spot for Wentz. And I, I can understand how in the press conference how that's a, that's a tough spot for him, too. And, I, again, I'm I'm fine with the question being asked, but I at least I do feel for Carson that, that this is coming up in this way, kind of out of nowhere. Like, I get it. But, again, like, that he's a the quarterback of an NFL football team. Like, the, this is part of the job, just like for Doug, like being better in these press conferences, at least knowing the right things to say, like, yeah, that's on him. Like, it's part of his job. I understand that yeah. ultimately, as Eagles fans, the thing we care most about is that they go out on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays or whatever it is and win football games. That's it. That's the bottom line. Elliot and I are bottom line guys. That's what we care about the most. But, but... This is part of their job. Like it, well, like it or not. Like, I, oh, why do they have to answer these questions? Because it's their job. 
because every quarterback it's a big in the, part of their job. Yes, every quarterback in the NFL has to answer these exact questions every week, like the same type of stuff, whatever's going on with them, and you can bet your ass if this was brought up in another city that the quarterback of that team's going to have to answer those questions too. The head coach of these teams answers these questions. It's why they have these things, these press conferences. It's accountability in the NFL. Like, it is part of their job. Anyone who thinks they can't be, like, can't be asked these type of questions, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is it. This is the job. And and also, if he answered the questions correctly, it's not the front page story. Exactly. Again, again, back to the original point. If Doug Peterson, the first time when, I think it was Tim McManus, whoever asked that first question. Tim McManus. Yeah, yeah. T-Mac asked that question. If Doug had literally just said the exact same thing he said, Brett's entitled opinion, but Carson is our guy and that's it. That's the end of this Foles discussion. It's over. It's done. There's no more discussion. In fact, people are probably saying, wow, Doug really nailed that one. Like, that's it. There's no national story. There's no national discussion. It's all because of the way he handled it. And look, thank Doug should be... Doug should be sending Rob Motti flowers right now. Yes. Because if Rob Motti doesn't spoon feed him that third time, again, he was asked twice, a second time. That's all reporters need to do is give him a second chance to clarify and follow up. If Rob Motti doesn't spoon feed him that last answer, Elliot, where are we now? Because then all that's on the record is Doug Peterson saying Brett's entitled to his opinion. That's it. Well, he, he gets he gets asked about it on Friday. Yeah, and again. he's got it, and it's yeah. and it's a bigger story. It's an it's already a national story. Like think about how much bigger it is if Doug Peterson doesn't stand up for Carson Wentz the press conference, man. Well, all right, so let me let me ask you this: Do you think because this is kind of where I see this going ultimately, not because of this, but just a lot of little things? Do you think Carson Wentz still wants to play for the Eagles? Yeah, I I don't. I'll rephrase it. If you had asked me, do I think Carson Wentz wants to play for Doug Peterson? I would say no. But do I think Carson Wentz wants to play for the Eagles? Yeah, I do. I don't know, man. If I'm Carson, there is a little part of me that probably wonders that would probably be refreshed with a new scenario. Look, that's possible. Yeah, and you look. I'm a. I've always been a big change of scenery guy. Whatever yeah. sport it is, I talk about this all the time with with sometimes guys. I mean, Andy Reid, change of scenery. I mean, you see it all the time where guys, whether it's coaches, players, have just kind of worn out their welcome in a certain spot. It's just kind of. Too many things have happened. There's too much history to kind of get back to where they need to be. Um, and, and I don't think it's always the case, but I believe in a change of scenery. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that being possible, but I, I don't think he's there yet. I could be wrong. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, I, I don't know I if think he's the there bigger either. issue is I don't think Doug and Carson are on the same page. I don't know. I'm not saying they don't like each other or they can never work out. I mean, though I'm starting to head in that direction of will they ever work out, but I definitely think that for whatever it is, football, everything, like these two guys are not riding in unison. They are not on the same page, working towards the same goal, doing it the same way. Like, I don't know how you could say they are at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the results are what they are. Also with like the 2017 thing, and I know you guys did a show today talking about whether or not you can still bring up 2017 uh, when talking about these Yeah, like these as guys. excuses. I, the idea is like, you know, we keep saying for like Howie Roseman, buddy won the Super Bowl. Like, is it time to stop right. saying that when we're talking about this? So I think that's fair, but I think if you're going to do it, you have to do it for everybody. And it's interesting with Carson, it's used so much as a crutch, but like no one gives Jim Schwartz that, right? Like Jim Schwartz, their defense was top three in the NFL that year, right? So like, why can't Jim Schwartz get back to that? Or why can't Doug get back to that? Or why can't, you know, any of these guys get back to that? Like Carson's the only one that is given the benefit of the doubt of saying he can get back to that no, level. It's absolutely fair. And it's also unfair to keep bringing up the, 
Carson 2017 as excuse for him, but then not flip it around the other way and say, well, what about on the positive side? What Doug did there? Like, why is that not still something we talk about? It's a great point. I think it's really fair. Yeah, I, I just think the results are what they are with Carson and Doug. And I, I'm, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. I mean, you know, I think they have more than eight games left together to prove it. I do think they'll get the the all of next year probably. I can't imagine they would fire Doug mid-year. Well, especially because uh, they're very likely to make the playoffs this year again. So, Right, exactly. Yeah. So, But I do think like Doug and Carson have got to prove they can work together. Otherwise, the Eagles are going to have to pick. I, I, I think they're going to. I 100% agree with you. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the whole Favre thing before we move on? Yeah, I wrote down a hypothetical that you're going to hate me for, but oh, I'm going to ask you. Oh, no. I love when you do this what, to me. That means hate. Love meant hate. Would you would you trade Carson Wentz for Nick Foles in a first round pick? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Okay, you would obviously. I don't know if I would, but to me that it goes like this. Okay, well Foles is your backup at four million dollars a year, and you have a first round pick, and you start Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's interesting. Like that's the argument. For I didn't doing think about it that but, way. Yeah, I I would not do it personally, but I look. I think it's a fair question to ask. I'm sure people will love hearing it. I, the Bears would do it. Yeah, I'm well, sure. no, of course they would. That's the thing about Carson Wentz that. Again, and Boomer Esiason said it on WIP last week. I mean, Frank Reich would be first in line. Like, I do think that there would be a lot of teams that would take a shot on Carson Wentz if the Eagles gave up on him. Like, I really do. I mean, regardless, I, I know he's got— I don't know what you get for him. I, that's another good question. I don't know. I don't know what the value would be on the market and all that type of stuff. And again, I wouldn't do it. I, I think we're going to see a much different Carson Wentz over the second half. I still believe in Carson Wentz long term, so obviously I wouldn't do it. But look, I, I think it's— Look, things are start- at a certain point. Doug and Carson have to have real offensive success together, and more than four games in a row. Like we need a season, you know, we need ten yes. games in a row, whatever. So, you know, at a certain point, like they're going to run out of chances, you know. Yeah, and I think the second half of the year is going to be very interesting it's to see where we, where we're at at the end of this. Fascinating. All right, let's get to. Uh, Eagles Giants. Uh, in a sec, we'll do our our actual preview, like we always do, and go through the positions and the matchups and all that, but. Um, we're getting some guys back uh, this week, Elliot. Uh, let's start with, uh, I think, the not the biggest name, but certainly the biggest uh, wow he's finally back of it all. It looks like Alshon Jeffrey will be on the field this week. Elliot, will Alshon definitely be out there? And what is your prediction? Because I, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast right now just said the same thing in their head, that maybe even out loud, that I'm saying in my head right now as I say this to you, which is if he takes one single snap from Travis Fulgham, we're going to have some real problems. What do you think – is Alshon definitely going to be back this weekend, and what do you expect his role will be? Mm-hmm. So barring a setback in practice, I de- he's definitely going to play on Sunday. He was a full participant on Wednesday – the practice report for Thursday is not out yet, but I imagine he's going to be a, a full participant as well. And then Friday is a pretty easy day. They just have like a light walkthrough. So he's going to play on Sunday. Now, the question is, is he going to take snaps from Fulgham? I do not believe he's going to take snaps from Fulgham. I don't. But he's going to take snaps from somebody because he's going to play. So the question is, who are the Eagles willing to sacrifice snaps for? I don't think they're going to sacrifice Jalen Rager's snaps. First-round pick, bring speed to the offense, all those things. I don't think he's impacted. I believe Fulgham has played well enough that they cannot even justify taking him off the field. I just I don't think they can do it. I, I think that he's playing well, like all those things, right? He's young, future. He has all the dynamics to be like, yes, this guy should get a lot of snaps. The guy who I think could see his snaps taken away 
is Greg Ward. Greg Ward, I think what they could do is they could put Rager in the slot, put Fulgham and Jeffrey on the outside, and those would be your three. Hightower is interesting as well. I think Hightower could potentially lose some snaps. Um, but and obviously, I'm not JJ sure might might be inactive. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's true. JJ might be inactive. You know, I was thinking earlier this week, it is amazing how Fulgham just steps in and does what he does. And JJ has been working for almost two years to try to get on the field. And hasn't been able to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, but, it's, um, it's, it's, as we know, just a, a horror show of the pick. Yeah, not good. So John Hightower against the Cowboys played 10, 10 snaps. Um, Jalen Rager, 47. Fulgham, 60. Greg Ward, where is he at? Greg Ward, uh, 59. So I would think Fulgham still gets that normal amount of snaps. I think Rager gets a normal amount of snaps. I think Ward is where you'll see it take a dip. And then Hightower might not get 10. But... I think that's how it plays out. And here's what I'd say about Alshon. I don't think playing him makes any sense at all. I don't think he should be on the roster. I would much rather play the younger guys. But he's here. He's healthy. And he's going to play. And it'll be interesting to see what he looks like. Because from just seeing him in person, he looks in much better shape than he did last year. He looks leaner. Uh, I haven't really seen him run at full speed, so I can't say whether or not he looks quicker. He doesn't really run full speed in the practices I've seen. It's mostly just kind of like individual warm-up stuff. But it'll just be interesting to see what he looks like. Like, all those things can be true. He shouldn't be here. It makes no sense. But if he can step on the field now that he's here and he's going to play and actually be productive, I mean, I mean, it helps the team for sure. Like, their offense has struggled. So anything positive you can get out of him, you know, only helps, clearly. Ugh, I know. I, I mean, that's the positive look, I there know, it is, and know, I, like, pre- I appreciate it. And... And and look, you said one thing in there that is that is really the ultimate point that needs to be made here. I might I, I I generally have a tendency to stress out over things that I can't control. I'll 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 worry about this, I'll worry about that. And my wife Emily, sage like as she is, will always say to me, Don't worry about things you can't control. And I try to be better about that in life because it is a real true statement. Like if you can't control something and you're and you're losing sleep over it, you're worrying over it, you're just you're just doing yourself harm because you have no control over this thing. We have no control over this thing, sadly. Like Alshon Jeffrey, as you said, Elliot, is gonna be back and he's gonna play. As much as I would guess ninety-eight percent of the people listening to this podcast don't want to happen. We don't want Alshon Jeffrey back, and we certainly don't want him taking snaps away from someone like Greg Ward. But to your point, it's going to happen. We better mentally prepare ourselves for it happening and try to not stress as much over something we can't control. I will just say, I hate it. I hate that he's here. I hate that he's playing, and I hate that he's taking snaps away from anyone, anyone who could be a part of the future. That's my final thing on Alshon. To your point, hopefully he is good, and that would be cool, I suppose. But I'm not excited for it. I'll say that. It's funny. It's funny to picture you laying in bed, like not being able to sleep. And Emily's like, James, like you just you you, you can't worry about what you can't control. Like you just can't. And you're like, I know, I know. But Alshon's just... gonna play on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all right, you just go to bed. Like <laughs> she would be like, shut up, you idiot. All right, cool. All right, uh, who else are we getting back this week? So Miles Sanders is gonna play. I think. Oh, thank uh, God. Huge. That is something we can all be excited about, my friend. Yeah, big for my fantasy team, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously that's a positive. Uh, Boston Scott's played well. He is the giant killer. So, you know, if there's any week maybe to, like, make sure Miles is 100% weight, maybe this is it. But uh, I do think it's going to be a tough game, and it's, it's an important one, too. So, uh, Miles Sanders coming back will be big. It looks like Isaac Sayamalu might play. He was lining up with the first team 
at left guard uh, at practice, which is obviously normally a pretty good indication that they expect him to play and to start. So if you have Isaac Sayamalu at left guard, you probably move Hervig. You know, he plays right guard then, uh, Kelsey at center, and then assuming Lane and uh, Jason Peters play, my lot to the bench. So, you know, the offensive line's kind of starting to come together, and we, we can debate whether or not my lot should be out there, but the good thing is, compared to the beginning of the season, you now have a tackle on the bench you feel confident putting in there, which yeah, they didn't have. Who clearly can my- play both sides, too, as we saw last week. That is a actually a really good point, Elliot, and I'm not going to get in any way excited about Jason Pierce playing left tackle, but the that is honestly the single best argument I have heard yet for not being as angry about it as I am. The idea that Mylotta really does have value because he can play left and right for you. And and Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, both guys who this season and obviously Peters historically, have had trouble staying in games that they started. So, it's a, Elliot, thought, look at you. You, thought, could, you couldn't do anything for me with Alshon, but you made me feel slightly go. better about Peter. Look at you. Me, me and Emily just trying to keep you emotionally, uh, emotionally sane. I would but be lost I, without you guys. I did think Peters played well against the Cowboys. He so, played well enough. That. He didn't tap out when it looked like he was totally going to tap out. So, props. Yeah. yeah. Props. So, it looks like Peters is back. Uh, like I said, Miles Sanders, Alshon, um, Fletcher Cox is going to play. Driscoll is going to play. Malik Jackson's going to play, I would say. Uh, the only limited guy, I don't think actually any of the limited players are questionable. Lane had a knee brace on, but I, I think he's going to be fine. So, I, I think they'll they'll actually maybe, for the first time all year, not have any injury scratches wow. right wow can you imagine i mean they had six some weeks what so a thought we're gonna get a be. real look at uh how about let's, it? let's try to guess the inactive so just for fun sudfeld huntley is all two. right well hold on hold on hold on hold on we'll do that in a second and we're gonna preview the game and i want to talk about a potential threat to the game and in general but but quickly and we're gonna tease the inactives in a sec but let me remind you as i always do you need to download the Park Sportsbook app, Elliot, and there is a lot that you can bet on. Uh, you can listen to our Parks Picks pod, which will be out tomorrow. Uh, generally, early in the season, we were telling you to, to listen to what we say and bet with us because we were crushing it. Maybe bet against us. <laughs> maybe, maybe listen to what yeah. we say and go against. We've had some bad weeks, Elliot, some bad weeks. But we're going to have to have a real emotional talk on the preview I know, pod. About I know, I know. And we're going to turn it around, I promise you. But for now, maybe play it safe. You could also bet on tonight's game, Tennessee, a one-point favorite, hosting Indianapolis. That is, of course, a good game to bet on if you listen to this pod quickly. You can bet on anything going on in the game, too. All the games, bet on who scores first, who scores last, total touchdowns. Uh, they have a new feature. Don't forget to check out the instant betting feature during all the games on Parks app. Uh, Park Sportsbook app, which makes the games watching way more fun. Um, and, of course, you can bet the over-under. All these types of things. Every game on the slate, Philadelphia, three-and-a-half-point favorite in New York. We could talk about that a little bit later. Elliot and I will make our pick for that one later in this show. Anything and everything. The Park Sportsbook app. Elliot, you got a Parks pick this week? Huh. Well, my last Parks pick was the Buccaneers minus three-and-a-half. and whoops. Well, they lose 31 to nothing or something like that. 38 to 3, my friend. 38 38 to 3. So that pick didn't go so high. Yeah, slightly Um, bad pick. 
I do not have a parks pick for you tonight. Okay, I do, that's I do good. Not. That's good. Well, again, you can bet on all stuff, and of course, you can we'll bet save, on bet save on you guys all some money. Yeah, good looking out, and of course, you can bet on golfers down in Augusta. As that's happening right now too. So much to bet on with the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. You need to download the app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Here's the deal. As I always tell you, if you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. That's $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Of course, as always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, your guesses for the seven inactives on Sunday. Well, I love that we tease the inactives. Like, like that's that? got to be an all-time you like tease, that? right? You like that? Yeah. I Because I right. knew. I Because I, I'm dying to know who are your seven I'm sure other people All right, are so too. So I would think Sudfeld. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Huntley. Sure. Two, that's two. Um, Quez Watkins. Hmm. Yes, Quez. That's a good one. Do you think they dress Quez over our Sega Whiteside? I don't. I think they. I mean, look, we've had this exact happen. You know, exact either or happen, and they've they've sat Quez. So I would guess they sit Quez. All right. So you sit Quez. I mean, that's they might three. sit both with Alshon back though. That is possible as well too. Yes, that's true. That is possible. All right, so that's three. Um, Jeriga, maybe? Probably. I would think so. All right, yeah. I suppose we would say Malu back. Yeah. Although, actually, it would probably be, maybe it'd be Opeta. Is Driscoll, be hurt? Is Driscoll hurt still? No, I think Driscoll plays. Driscoll okay, plays. Okay, so then he'll oh, play. Oh, uh, Brett, Brett, Brett Toth, I would think. Brett Toth, yes. Is Rudy Ford healthy? Yes. He's not on IR, I don't think, is okay. he? Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking. You know, maybe doing this live might not be the best idea. <laughs> I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing. No. I think we're nailing it. Yeah. All right. So let's say Rudy Ford is five. Suo Peta with uh, Samalo back. Yes, he's a potential one. Okay. Now the defensive end situation. Avery's on IR. You're probably not going to sit any other guys. But it'll be interesting to see who they sit. I mean, you're right. They might sit two receivers because yeah. the receivers will be Reger, Ward, Jeffrey, Hightower. Fulgham. That's five. I mean, yeah. do they need more than five on a game day? It's true. Yeah, you're right. So you probably sit two receivers. Huh. And then they might call up guys, too, which would be interesting. Yeah. So so we'll see. Pay attention. Uh, 1130 on Sunday. It's going to be really interesting to see who those yeah. inactives are. All right, Elliot, one more thing before we dive into the, the matchups. Uh, another COVID scare this week with the Eagles. What happened with a, a coach, potentially? So uh, coach tested positive for COVID. Um, second person in the organization this week since the bye week that tested positive because Marcus Epps also tested positive. So, um, yeah, not great. You we know, don't know I, which coach weird. it is, right? No, it, it's weird that we've come to the point with it where we're becoming a little numb to it, right? Like, oh, yeah. I remember when this first started and, like, you know, a player caught COVID, it was like a national story, right? Now, guys. Or frankly, now you don't even realize. Yes. Uh, like there'll be a, uh, I have seen a couple tweets over the past few days where like someone was taken off the reserve COVID list. And I was like, wait, I didn't even know they were on the reserve COVID list. Like legitimate yeah. players across the NFL for sure. So we're definitely becoming numb I feel like to you it. only um, hear when it's like a quarterback of a team. It's like, oh, Big Ben got put on, you know, but you don't, you don't really hear as, I mean, you hear it's out there, but in terms of it being a story, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously when Doug got it, it was a huge deal. But so because of that, the Eagles have been having all their meetings remotely. They've only been coming in the building to practice, which, you know, they're used to doing the meetings remotely. So maybe it's not that huge of a deal. But I would say not not great that you have to do that, right? I mean, I think anything in your work week, you say it all the time, players are a creature habit. So having your work week thrown off in any way is probably not ideal. But um, I guess the good news, if you want to take it as such, is that it's not a player that's not going to play on Sunday. Like if you really want to stretch, obviously we, we don't want anybody to get it, but uh, so yeah, they're doing virtual meetings and practicing at the Novacare. So, and it looks like by all accounts, the game as of Thursday, at least uh, is it not in any threat of not being played. Well, that is good news. That is good news. It is good news. It is wild. You're right. It is kind of almost, uh, uh, we've been just desensitized to it where it does seem like it's like, Oh, just another player thrown on the COVID list. They'll just keep, pushing on and before when it was like the titans you know, the whole titans thing and all that was like the yeah all we were talking about like nationally so to speak and now it does you're right elliot you're right i think you know teams avoiding these whole scale outbreaks has been important and i think that's something that obviously we need to keep pushing for but it is look we all know i mean anyone who pays attention any sort of news social media anything we all know that where the country is at right now from a covid perspective we are right back where we were when this all started when we had a lockdown and all that stuff so um, it is not surprising at all to see that level of, of positivity rates and, and all that type of stuff transferring over to the NFL. You know, if it's worse around the world, or around the America, then it's going to be worse in the NFL. Like, no matter what these guys do, they're always going to have to be around people in one sense or another. And, you know, I texted you about this. I guess we can talk about it on the pod. But, uh, you know, if we all kind of think this might be heading back towards a shutdown, I do wonder how that impacts the NFL. Like... I don't know if when the shutdown will begin, if it happens, all that stuff. But like, I've never really been worried about the NFL going away. And I do wonder if like the chance of that happening are increasing. Yeah. Look, like I, for some reason, when I see these cases go up, I never think that that's going to impact sports because now they're back. And like, I don't think about the fact they could go away. But uh, I mean, look, even the NBA is coming back apparently December 22nd. Like, I do wonder what's yeah, going to happen. I do too. I do too. And and certainly from a perspective of I will be surprised if fans continue to stay in the stadiums if this keeps going up. Like I'm honestly surprised. Yes, that, I'm I'm surprised that Philadelphia has not stopped that already. I'm surprised other places haven't. I know some have. Like New England came out and said we're not having fans all year. Like they had not had any yet, but they made the declaration like no fans this year, not happening. Um, I think we're going to see more of that. I think before the NFL goes away, we'll see them take fans away and all that type of stuff. But um, it's look, it's certainly something to discuss. I, I'm not, I don't expect it, but I, I, I'm with you. I, it's, it's certainly on the table more than it was before. I, I do think a bubble for the playoffs is feeling more likely. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be a fascinating thing to see, uh, especially look with home field advantage, much less meaningful this year. Yeah. Uh, did you not, have you, did you see that through week nine that, for the first, I mean, again, it, it's never happened in NFL history. If it carries out, it probably won't. Who knows? But road teams are actually two games better this season than home teams, like on the whole. I didn't in the see NFL. that. Like wow. that's a pretty wild thing. Through Week Nine, road teams have won two more games than home teams this year. Is what, absolutely what are the insane. At home? Uh, two and two. Uh, well, they tied two, two at home. and one. Yeah, right? they yeah. tied at home too. So, um, yeah, two so, two and one. So it's interesting, interesting thing to think about. All right, let's dive in. As the Eagles are on the road this week, so I guess uh, you know, favored from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they are favored. So all right, let's dive in. Uh, uh, we'll get to the actual. So here's, the, here's the first question I've been waiting. I'm just gonna f- first question we have to ask ourselves about the Giants: Are they definitely really bad? 
No, but uh, yes, yes, they are in the sense that all I think all four teams in the NFC East are bad. Like I think flat out there are four bad teams. Yes, compared to the rest of the NFL, they're bad. But I do think that over the last couple of weeks, I, personally, I've I've vaulted them to the top of the non-Eagles NFC East teams. I think they're. We talked about this last time, but I think they're the number one threat to the Eagles in the division. I think they're the second best team in the division, and they're clearly right around where the Eagles are, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's like a one-point game, Evan Ingram catch, all that stuff. So. Yeah, I think the Giants are better than we thought they were, better than they were earlier in the season. They are improving, as it were. Um, but yeah, I think they're still bad. Yeah, well, so so Doug says this week, and he's right. He's like, look, they had us flat out. They had us beat last time, right? If if Evan Ingram catches that ball, they they lose that game. And that even if he doesn't, I mean, they were still, you know, they were up twenty-one to ten at one point. So they had the Eagles beat. They just blew it. And when you look at the last four weeks of the Giants. They've been really competitive. You know, they came within a two-point conversion of tying the Buccaneers, and then who knows what happens. They beat Washington. Uh, they barely lost to the Eagles. So uh, they they have been much, much more competitive. I think their last five games have all been one-possession games. Um, and I think that might be the case for the Eagles as well. I mean, obviously, besides the Cowboys game that they won. But the Giants have definitely been competitive. And I think part of the reason, and we'll get into it with our previews, is their defense it has been much better over the defense last month. Defense isn't bad, man. Leonard Williams is playing really well for them. Their defensive line, their run defense has been really good. They're like I think sixth in the league, maybe run defense wise mm-hmm. or something like that. They're pretty good there. So, um, yeah, well, they're thirteenth in the league in points allowed. Yeah, I mean they've been a solid defense, and and again, as the the two original Joe Judge haters, like we we can admit when we're wrong. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong forever. We'll see how he progresses and stuff. But he's clearly done a better job this year than I expected. There's no other way for to say sure. It. Like those guys fight. Those guys play hard. So um, let's dive into it. Let let's look at the matchups because I think there's some really interesting ones in this one. Starting out, look, we just mentioned how good that Giants D-line has been. Leonard Williams, Dalvin, Toms, Dalvin Tomlinson is playing really well for them. Dexter Lawrence is starting to progress. They've been really solid, that defensive line, going up against, like we just talked about, but potentially the 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 closest to the opening day offensive line that we have had in, in quite some time, Elliot. What do you think about this matchup for the Birds? I like it. I like it for the Eagles. I mean, I think that, look, having Jay's, you're going to have kind of the closest you're going to get all year to your starting five, right? Because Herbig is now basically your permanent starting guard. So you're going to have the four other people that you're going to have in there. And I, I, I like the matchup. You look at the last time they played, I had it up. Let me see if I can pull it back up really quick for uh, how they did in terms of blocking the Giants. I feel like the offensive line was was pretty good. That game I'm looking up right here. This is not great podcasting, but here we go. Oh, so that great. was Sua's big yeah. fan. <laughs> Sua's, Sua's first start, uh, and he struggled in that game. But you know, I, he's not going to be out there this time. Uh, Nate Herbig wasn't great. It was one of my lottest first starts. But overall, you know, well, let's see. They gave up three sacks that that game, so that's not bad. Um, and two of which. Uh, pro football focus here is, is blaming on Carson, which, by the way, Jimmy Kemsky had a really good story of, on Philly Voice, kind of breaking down who he would give blame for for each sack. Did you see this? I did not. All right. So he basically said, like, you know, this one's on Peters. This one's on Lane Johnson. This one's on, you know, whoever. Now, do you want to guess who he had number one? Like who had the least sacks against him? Is that the idea? No, like who was the worst, I guess. Who gave up the most sacks? Oh, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of who's played the most and thus give it. I mean, Kelsey, because he's played the most? Probably not. Uh, it'd be hard for a center to give that many sacks. Um, I don't know. Give it to me. Carson Wentz. 
Oh, I didn't even think about. Yeah, that makes. Sense. I know. I was. I felt like I was gonna. I was gonna tell yeah. you that he was an option, but I, I thought I'd give it away. I, I but, never even considered him as an option, but sure, I get that for sure. So, um, anyway, long story short, I think this is a matchup they can win. The Giants' pass rush, like you said, they are playing better, but they're still 18th overall uh, in pass rush. So, I think this is a matchup where you, the Eagles, should be expected to to win it. I don't think it's a bad pass rush. You're not expected to dominate it, but I do think they should be expected to win it. A hundred percent. Like, not even a question. They, if you're getting this line back. The Giants are fine. They're a solid defensive line. They are not a top-tier defensive line. I 100% agree with you. This should be a matchup the Eagles win, and this should also be a matchup like for the future of this season. Like if if the Eagles are going to area, look, we we have talked about it a hundred times. We don't need to talk about it again. We all know the single number one way the Eagles can and and should and will get better over the second half of the season is Carson Wentz. But I think maybe the second biggest thing that can make them much better, and and because they go hand in hand is this offensive line and getting these guys back and, and gelling because it does have the potential with the talent there to be not just a strength of the team, but one of the things that makes this team be able to compete with other good teams. Like, the offensive yeah. line should be one of the strengths of this team to the point where it can actually give them an advantage in matchups in certain situations. And um, I think for that reason particularly, I'm going to be really focusing in on that in this game. All right, let's flip it around. In the trenches, Elliot, as we go to the Eagles' D-line, which has been, without question, the, the high point of this team so far this season, going up against a uh, a Giants O-line that, that I admit has played better in recent weeks, but is still a bad offensive line. Yeah, very bad. Very yeah. bad offensive line. Um, this is a matchup. The Eagles have to dominate here. Ready? Yeah, I, I think this is a no-brainer. I mean, the, the Giants, even though they've been a little better, they still have arguably the worst offensive line in the league when it comes to pass protection. I mean, the Bengals, I guess, are up there. But their, their offensive line is terrible. Um, this is a matchup they should dominate. Absolutely. They should dominate it up the middle when it comes to uh, Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. I, I think Brandon Graham, look, he's been dominating his matchups all season. So I think that you know he, he should be expected to as well. But I, I just think this is absolutely 100% a matchup that uh, that they should dominate. Yeah, probably the biggest one, right? I mean, this is the, the biggest mismatch heading into the game in terms of you know, obviously, you know, if you want to say Doug versus Joe Judge, but even still, I, I would say that in terms of, of all the matchups on the field, both Eagles and Giants, I think this is the single theoretical biggest advantage heading into the game. So if the Eagles can take advantage of that, I think it goes a long way to winning the football game. All right, let's talk about the Eagles' skill players going up against the Giants' cornerbacks, linebackers, and safety. James Bradbury, obviously a really good player for them. They've had some some production there, but it's not an elite unit, and obviously we know with the Eagles, not elite either. Uh, but Goddard, right. you know, do we see more from Goddard this week? The the wide receivers, Alshon back, Miles Sanders potentially back. What do you think about this matchup here? I think this one's kind of close to a draw. I, I don't know if I can sit here and say the Eagles should win this matchup. Bradbury is very good. And look, let's be honest, the offense really struggled against the Giants last time, barring those last two drives. And those last two drives matter. They happen. They get credit for them. But the Giants shut down the uh, Eagles offense for the majority of that game. So uh, Jabril, J- ah, Jabril Peppers has been playing better. I think he can be an impact guy for him. Their linebackers have actually been pretty good. Uh, and we'll be interested to see how they decide to match up with Miles Sanders if he splits out wide or how they get him out of the backfield. Goddard as well with the, a game under his belt in a week off uh, I think should be even better. But I still think this is pretty much a draw. I, I think that when you look at why – the Giants' defense has been better. It's Yes, it's a defensive line, but I think their secondary has been much improved. I think Logan Ryan's been pretty good for him. So I think this is uh, pretty much a draw if I had to pick. Well, I guess that's not picking at all. But if I had to label it, yeah. I guess I'd Look, label it Look, I, I think that's fair. I, I think you want to see the Eagles succeed here, especially if 
look, if Miles Sanders is back and if Dallas Goddard is is you know Dallas Goddard and if you know I'm not even gonna say Alshon, but but Fulgham and Reger can kind of take <laughs> a step forward. I, I think this is a matchup. I agree it is draw like, but I think this is a matchup the Eagles can win and and theoretically should win with those healthy guys. The question is is Sanders healthy and fully ready to go? Is Goddard going to be Dallas Goddard? So I, I agree with you. I think it is draw-ish, but I would slightly give the Eagles advantage if we see those guys play the way we know they can play. So, but I I feel like I should uh, I should text Emily and say just so you know James getting worked up about Alshon again <laughs> just so she knows just prepare just, mentally just, yeah just yeah. so she knows what she's what, what what's what's coming home when uh, when James gets back to the Seltzer it's residence. Be ugly. I walk in yelling about Alshon and. Yeah, you know she's trying to calm. He was down. a fool today. He was fool. Don't worry about <laughs> things you can't control. I'm like, but they're gonna play him over Greg Ward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, All poor, right, let's. Poor Zoe. Poor Zoe. <laughs> poor Emily. What they have to deal with is true saints. Let's say that they're true exactly. saints. Exactly. Yes. All right, flip it around. Eagles. Uh, Eagles backside against the Giants. Skilled players, the wide receivers, the tight ends, running backs. You know, obviously. The Giants do have some talent here. It does look like Devontae Freeman probably not going to be able to go in this one. We will see, but uh, I know he left practice again today with an issue, so probably the Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis show. But um, yeah. obviously the Eagles linebackers, not like it's been a strength of this team. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I, I, look, I, the Eagles' back seven has not super impressed me this year. I think the number two cornerback spot has been somewhat of an issue. Darius, uh, Darius Slay is obviously really good. Um, linebackers, we all know what that's been like. Although I do think TJ Edwards has been improved. Um, the question is really like, do you think Wayne Gallman is really going to help this team? And I don't, I don't think so. He had 68 yards on 14 carries last week against Washington. Uh, didn't do much out of the backfield. One catch for nine yards. So I think this is a matchup the Eagles should win. But I mean, the Giants do have some talented receivers and and skill position players. Like we saw, Evan Ingram is frustratingly inconsistent but he did get behind the Eagles defense for that play I mean they did had not have him covered it wasn't their doing that he dropped it so um I would give the advantage hmm I'm gonna have to pick here because I copped out on the last one <laughs> I guess I'd give the advantage to the skill position players if yeah, I had to pick. I probably I'd give would it to the too. Giants skill position I probably players. would too but I think it's close and, and this should be an interesting matchup to watch Golden Tate uh benched last week uh inactive we'll see where that goes this week it looks like he will be back but um, that was interesting that Joe Judge. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, let's speak about Joe Judge. We'll get to to Wentz and Jones in a second because for me that's the most important matchup in this game. But but Doug versus Joe Judge. The last time we did this was only two and a half weeks ago or whatever, and we or three weeks ago, whatever it was, and we just went all in on on God. And even then we were saying Joe Judge is better than we expected, but we were like Doug over Judge by a mile. Uh, you still feel that way? Yeah. I mean, definitely. Still dug over Joe Judge by a mile, 100%. Now, Joe Judge might be like a top 18 head coach, like top 19, you know, like somewhere in that range. I think he still has a lot to prove. Like, look, as much as we're going to kind of gas the Giants up during this pod, and I do think there's reason to be worried, they are still two and two and six or whatever, right? So, like, let's not act like this is a team that Joe Judge is doing a, some miracle work with. I mean, they've only won two games. And as we, as is becoming a tag for us, we are a bottom line pod. So, like, I, I can't go all the way up. But, like, yes, he is proving to be better than I thought. They are competitive. They don't look like a terrible football team. I mean, if we're being honest, the Eagles have probably looked more like a terrible team than the Giants have, even though they have a better record. Like, the Eagles have looked really bad this year. They have not looked good in – I mean, I guess the Niners game would be the best they looked all year. 
probably. I mean, the Cowboys game, they won by a lot, but that was not an impressive win. They looked really bad in that game. So the Giants have not looked like a disaster. And it's hard for me to know who to credit there because, you know, he's not an offensive head coach. And the defense isn't better. I guess he gets credit for that. But, I, yeah, I, I think Joe Judge, Joe Judge has some potential. I'm willing to say that now. He's not like he's not Pat Shermer. He's not Adam Gaze. He, he's not that. I think he could he could end up being a competent head coach. Yeah, that's where I'm at too, and I I agree. I would still put Doug way ahead, but look, last time you know, they they barely won that game, and and Joe Judge did a good job. So, um, I, I do think, especially after this week, I want I want to see Doug come out and bring it. You know, some some. Well, you know, <laughs> Doug, our boy, Doug, one and three after the bye as really? an coach. Wow, yeah. I would not have guessed. I was I meant to look it up, and I I forgot to. That is surprising. That is surprising. So, here's where I would say. You know, like it is a telling stat, but if you look at it closer, like one of them is 2016, which whatever you want to make out of that year, right? 2017, they were on fire. That's the one they won. Last year, they get the Patriots out of the bye, and they did play bad, but the Patriots were, you know, one of the better teams. But still, one and three. I mean, it's what's interesting is, you know, Andy was so good out of the bye. It seems like Doug's thing is Thursday night. Like that's his bye week thing. And the actual bye week, he comes poorly out of. So that would, that would be a major concern for me. Like yeah, when, when picking no. this game, which we're going to do in Look, a few minutes. It's a like, fair point. This team has come out slow all the time and coming out of a bye week. Yeah, I mean, it's nerve wracking, Elliot. It is. It's a yeah. good point, man. All right, let's get to the main one and the one that will ultimately probably decide the game. Uh, two quarterbacks. One um, obviously has had significantly more success in the NFL, but two quarterbacks who are not floundering right now, but struggling for sure. And certainly the... You know, if you had to pick uh, who's most likely to throw an interception this weekend, these two guys would be at the top of the list, that's for sure. Um, or s- turn the ball over, I should say. Uh, Wentz versus Jones. I'm obviously expecting, as I've said many times, a, a big step forward in the second half for Carson Wentz. I don't know that you are expecting that as well. I, I know you expect him to not be this bad. Uh, but what do you think about this matchup with, with two quarterbacks who are struggling? I don't know. Like, if we're being honest here... Daniel Jones has probably outplayed Carson this year. I don't know if definitely. I mean, they they deal with a lot of the same things. I think an advantage Carson has is he has a better head coach like we just talked about. Um, the weapons, I think you would probably give it to Daniel Jones, although honestly, Saquon's been out the majority of the year and none of their receivers have really killed it. Like, Fulgham's been really good. Uh, so that's kind of a push. The offensive lines, Carson's had a better offensive line, but Daniel Jones has a better passer rating. I mean, it's not by much. He's 30th in the league and Carson's 32nd out of, you know, I think 33 qualifying quarterbacks right now. So, you know, they're both two of the worst quarterbacks in the league. They're both likely to turn it over. I still would give the edge to Carson here just because even though he's been a complete disaster, it just feels like a turnover is more guaranteed from Daniel Jones than it is from Carson. I don't know if I'm at the point with Carson yet where even though all the evidence is right in front of us that I expect him to turn it over, turn it over every game, whereas I expect Daniel Jones to do it. So, if like if I had to pick a quarterback to win a game, who well I'll put it to you first. If you exact same roster, same situation, you got to pick which quarterback. Who I mean, do you pick? And Carson Wentz, and and it's not close for me. Like I know what the okay. numbers say. I don't care. Like Daniel Jones stinks. Daniel Jones is super average. I don't like, think Daniel. Jones I stinks, think Daniel Jones stinks personally. I, I think he stinks. I think he's as he average. Throw, he throws a nice ball. Oh come on, Daniel Jones he stinks. Does. Daniel Jones stinks. He's not half. The quarterback talent that Carson Wentz is, that's how I feel. I think Wentz is going to be better on Sunday, and I think he's going to be way better in the second half. That's how I feel. 
All right, this is making me want to pick Daniel Jones, but I'm going to lean Carson here. I think Carson is the better quarterback, but I don't. I do not think Daniel Jones stinks. Like big picture, like if we're gonna do like big picture on both of them, I I don't think Daniel Jones stinks. I think in the right situation, he could be. He could definitely be good. I think he's in a worse situation than Carson is. Would you uh, agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think so. But again, he's got Honestly, better. He's got better weapons. But yeah, I think he's in a worse situation than Carson. I mean, okay, but let's just really quickly. Let's let's. Does he definitely have better weapons? Like yes. Miles Sanders is the best running back that's going to take the field on Sunday. Well, okay. Dallas Goddard's so just, the best tight yes, end. Yes, with Saquon Barkley out. But we're, I thought we were talking about like moving forward, like these guys as quarterbacks. Well, let's just talk this year because Saquon's gone now. So. Yeah, I, I mean, still would look, take. It's not crazy. I, is is Fulgham I mean, better than Fulgham's, any of their receivers? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean. Darius Slayton's good. Um, Fulgham's been better the last four games, but I mean, he hasn't done it as long as as Slayton has for a year. Well, and let's look at it this way: if we were having a draft of the the skill position players on the Giants and the Eagles, who would be the first pick? Probably Miles Sanders. But again, we don't know that okay. Sanders. First of all, they didn't have Sanders for the last time these two guys played, and we don't know for sure he's going to have him this week. But yes, I would say Miles Sanders probably. Who would be the second one? Um, probably Goddard. Um. Yeah, I probably, I don't know, probably Goddard. Yeah, I agree, probably right. Goddard. Who would who would be third? Probably Darius Slayton. Yeah, you think so? I mean, Darius Slayton's good. It's hard to I'm know with Fulgham. Big... Like, right now, obviously, I would take Fulgham because of what I've seen the last few weeks. But, like, you know, Fulgham's got to do it for longer before we say for sure. And Grant, Darius Slayton hasn't been doing it for that long. I just think it's more like, forget the high end, I think more the consistent. Like, I w- let's put it this way. Just wide receivers, I would take Slayton, Shepard, and Tate over Fulgham, Rager, and Ward, personally. It's close, though, actually. As I say it out yeah, loud, it's, it's close. close. It's very I mean, close. I think one is upside and the other one is frustratingly inconsistent yeah. would be how I would kind of yeah. describe it. Look, and either I know way, this is either way frustrate it's close you. is the point. Either way, it's close. So I would, you could talk me into taking Rager over any of those three. Really? I mean, what have we seen from Rager? To, I mean, Darius Slayton's definitely better than Rager right now. He has been. Well, James, I don't know if you know this, but Rager's been hurt. And we don't know really what he is yet. Uh, uh, uh. All right. <laughs> Enough. Enough of this. Uh, it's prediction time. Where are we at? The line as of right now is the Eagles, and it is what we will pick for our pick spot, for our picks. This is the line we are using because it is the line right now. We're recording this podcast. The Eagles are currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite in New York. Elliot, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, I want you to go first. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the Giants. I think the Eagles win the game. It's so funny because this line was three for a long time, moved to three and a half. If it were three, I might pick the Eagles. This feels like a three-point or less football game to me. Uh, But three and a half, give me that extra hook. I think the Eagles win. Don't get me wrong. I think the Eagles win. But every single time the Eagles and Giants play, other than that one last year at the end where it kind of, you know, was over and and they pulled away, it's like a three or less point game. It's one, it's two, Mm -hmm. it's three. I, I just, I can't. I can't go against it. I think the Eagles win, but I'll take the Giants with the points. So if you're somebody that just won't bet against the Eagles, which I completely understand, it's no fun to do unless you're just, you know, financially hedging your emotions. But I think that it's a fairly easy pick. Like, I think Giants plus three and a half is pretty easy. Like, if we were objectively looking at this game, I, I think that, you know, it the Giants, it's going to be close, number one, I think. Number two, the Giants barely, the Eagles barely beat them last time, and it's at MetLife. And I know your point about the uh, the away games is interesting, and it does sway me a little. But the real question to me is, do I think the Eagles are going to win the game? We're going back and forth on this all week. My gut is telling me the Giants are going to win this oh, game. Oh, no. I think that the Eagles barely beat them last time. I expect the Eagles to come out slow. I think the arrow is pointing up on the Giants. 
I do. Like, I, I think that they're playing better. Like, they're just playing better than the Eagles are right now. The Eagles were not impressive against the Cowboys. If they play almost any other team that night, they lose. They almost lost to the Giants the, the week before. I get this whole, you know, Carson's going to be better in the second half, but there's no rational reason to believe that. That That's basically just hope. Uh, they're, they're a team that starts well, slow well, real regardless. Quick, real quick, real quick. The rational reasons are we have seen Carson suck and then be great. Many times it has happened. Like So there is a rational reason to say it that Carson Wentz has been way better the vast majority of his career is really his entire career than the last eight games. These are the low point for him. So there is a rational reason to think he'll be better. All right. I guess that's fair. But I don't completely subscribe to that, but we don't have to get into that debate right I mean, now. But nothing yes, else, that is... it's a rational reason. Like, you can't argue that there yes. is not logic behind that. Yes. Whether it'll happen or not is a separate go, discussion. Like, But there is rational, logical reasons to think he'll be better. True. True. Okay. I rescind that statement, but my statement still holds that like Carson's been really bad all year. So I'm definitely taking giants plus three and a half. And I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the giants. I think they actually, I don't know. Wow, buddy. Wow. This one's Well, luckily this one's tough for me because if the giants win this game, then you could really be looking at like five win Eagles. Right. I mean, they have a lot. I'll do it. I'll pick the giants. I'll pick the Giants. Boo, buddy. I know. Boo. I know. Just boo, man. I'll take the Eagles to win. They'll win. I mean, obviously, they're taking the points, but I think they win. So, look, okay. I, it's not crazy to say it. Obviously, if I'm picking the Giants with the three and a half points, I think it's going to be a close game, so anyone could win it. Uh, I just do think, in the end, the Eagles will find a way to win it. But, look, it uh, obviously, it's not crazy to say the Giants are going to win it. So, it's just depressing. Who, who has more turnovers, Carson or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. Okay. You know All what right. I'm going to say there. Come on. Stop Stop with this, this Daniel is, Jones stuff. I hate the guy. I think he stinks. I'm never going to say so Daniel Jones. So this might Jones. be the toughest game of the year for me to pick so far. Wow. wow. And you went the wrong way. Who'd have thunk it? Well, we'll see about <laughs> yeah. that one. By the way, speaking of the wrong way, can we get some five-star reviews, please? Very disappointed. Every week we talk about Slow five-star reviews. Slow week for five-star reviews. And I think it might lead back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, that there are other things on people's mind this week. So it's yes. all good. We get it. But, hey, five-star reviews, it means a lot. And when we get to 2,000, we're taking the SATs, and we're only at 1435, we so we got some work to do, people. Let's get to those five-star reviews, get to 2,000 of them, we'll take the SATs. Elliot, so we have none to read. We like to read them, have fun with them, thank all the people here, Elliot, try and say the names. None of that. It's a shame. Sometimes. Yeah, and I've been checking. I've been checking. Look it and up. The ones we've gotten have been good, but we're going to hold and do a, a larger one, I guess, next week. Absolutely. Of course, uh, Parks Picks Pod tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I am going to get a French onion soup tonight, and I think French onion soup is, like, by far the best soup. In fact, I think it's so clearly the best soup that it might – you. I could see if you didn't want to classify it as one, but it is definitely my favorite soup, and I love to get it when it's, like, rainy and cold outside, and so I'm going to get one tonight. I'm very excited. French onion soup's amazing. I will not fight you on that. It, yeah, I mean, the, the only, only one I think compares to it. Go ahead. Well, matzo ball soup, but you're not Jewish. You don't get it. But matzo ball soup, yeah, as far as it, I'm but... concerned, is the only soup that even is in the hemisphere of French onion soup. So I agree with your well, take. I think, I think like Italian wedding soup is very good, is but very it's not good. French onion. Stop it. Let's stop. No, it's not. And French tomato onion, soup is it, good, French but onion it's also is unparalleled. I, again, I love matzo ball soup. I'm Jewish. So that's always going to be like home to me and my childhood and all that stuff. And it's it's what my it favorite. Like? Uh, so um, it, it's basically just like chicken broth. Like the the it's basically a broth, but the matzo ball itself 
Um, I mean, it, it's hard to explain. It doesn't taste like a lot. The matzo ball itself, it tastes like the broth and salt and all these kind of things that you're putting together. It's like it, tofu, kind of? Like it tastes kind, In that direction, yes. Uh, it's all about the hardness or softness of the matzo balls that is the key. I'm more of a hard matzo ball guy. Some people like them softer. Mm-hmm. I like some, some heft to it. Uh, but ultimately, we'll go have matzo ball soup together at some point. Uh, you, yeah, you, I would. I would very it's much. It's outstanding. That. But anyway, I agree. Outside of that, there is no question for me. French onion soup, the best soup. Lock it down. It's a good take, Boom. Elliot. There we go. Maybe the best yeah, thing you said a, all pod. It's, it's a good week for soup too. Yeah, I think, I think. it might be like the best rainy. thing you said all pod. But, by the way, actually, last thing, and then I, I will. We so will, la- uh, last, wrap this last up. thing. Yes. So it rained about one point. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't think of it. I should, I should have led yeah. with that. What was I thinking? That the, the, it rained is... about 1.3 inches on a Wednesday, and I was not nervous. I even, like, wow. I left the house. We, we went. We drove in the rain. Oh, didn't really goodness. think about it. Only checked the basement once for water. So it was, you know, baby steps. Baby steps this week. Wow. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Proud of me? Thank you. I, I really that. am. I'm proud of you, man. That's, uh, that's a big step because, again – you know, uh, if uh, if you have to, every time it rains or it's going to rain, have to have this fear and this, it's tough. I don't want you to live your life that yeah. way, Elliot. So I'm, I'm excited. That's good news. So end the note, end the pod on a positive. That's note. what I'm talking about right there. All right. Please rate and review the podcast again. We can't talk about them unless we have them. Please do that. Once we get to 2005 stars, we will take the SAT's Parks Picks Pod tomorrow. WIP show on Saturday, one to three. Until then, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you guys later.